that. <laughs> Not down here in the lowlands. All right, we're waiting for it to go live. Live, live, live. Okay, it looks like it's live, so I'm going to do this thing. Get those nerds! Nerds! Well, there you go. It wouldn't be a Friday if you didn't get yelled at by the bid nerds. Hello, everybody. My name is John Polnick, and I am the host of your daily... <laughs> See, I'm blowing, I'm blowing the intro. <laughs> your host of the daily nerd out on the most interesting cars of the day on Cars and Bids. Bring a trailer, P-Car Market, I don't know, Rad for Sale, and every other automotive enthusiast auction site that seems to be popping up daily, along with my yep. uh, partner here, Michael Deeb, if his little button's working. How you doing, Michael yep. Deeb? He's an auction specialist it says that down below his name yeah uh, yeah very happy special friday. very special happy friday you know it's sunny here how's the weather out there in vegas jp yeah, yeah it snowed this morning what? in las in vegas march? yeah in march it's oh, it like in the 60s or something in new york but here it snowed uh <laughs> oh, so i don't know how goodness. that's possible now i'm <laughs> i'm right on the strip here and there was no snow down here but you, you can see it in the tops of the mountains and everything and out in summer right. and out in the uh, outlying oh, areas man. they actually saw the white stuff and that's just oh, weird that's uh, so creepy in march dude that's weird you know, we launched Derfascination. That's uh, our series of uh, classic Porsche films or Porsche classic films or however you want to put that. Uh, if you uh -huh. haven't seen any Derfascination films, go to Derfascination.com and check them out on YouTube. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's kind of like Petrolicious, but just for old Porsches. Uh, we launched yeah. that back in 17, I want to say, in March. Yeah. Uh, and I remember we had a premiere party and the professor. Uh, movie and theater. People. Yeah, at a movie theater when you could still yep. go to movie theaters. And What's that like? You know, and it was like hotter than hell. I remember it being crazy hot uh, yeah. during the middle of March. And here it is the middle of March and uh, it's snowing. It's snowing. I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. 2021. It's just a uh, hold my beer year. Uh, okay. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so if you haven't been to this show and you're going, wow, these guys are sleepy and lame, uh, uh -huh. you're right, number one. Yep. Uh, number yep. two, uh, what we do here is we nerd out on the most interesting cars of the day and all these auction sites. We pick a bunch of cars that we think are cool or maybe not so cool or just generally interesting. They are the most interesting for better or worse. Uh, we nerd out about those cars individually, and then we make predictions as to what we think they will sell for when the hammer drops. <laughs> on their individual auctions today. All the cars yeah. that we discuss will be auctioned this afternoon within yeah. moments of our show. Uh, and <laughs> hours. Uh, we, yeah, within hours, sometimes <laughs> it's like during our show, depending on yeah. how much we ramble. Um, <laughs> we keep track of our predictions. We don't just go all willy nilly. And this week I'm wishing we didn't keep track because oh, dude, Michael, you, know, you were having a week, man. I'm having a week, but yesterday, JP, we had a third nerd on it. And, and I, I got to tell you, man, I, I don't know that I like this formula where we invite somebody onto the show to beat us at our own game. What the heck? Heck is yeah, Nathan Mers from Columbia Valley ringer. Luxury Cars. He uh, he he's actually a, knows what he's talking about. He's an actual oh expert, dude. He like remember he led the and brought facts to the argument and did some research and used his expertise. That's a ringer if ever there was one. I like it when we had Bradley Brandell on and he kind of looks like he rolled out of bed mm -hmm. onto the couch and then. Uh, he's just like shooting from the hip with his bets. We crushed him, but this Nate Murs dude, huh, wholly unfair, wholly unfair. <laughs> Not okay, never Nathan. Again. Not okay. Never again. Well, you know, right, and I'll then we talked about a a Volkswagen Synchro Doka. Uh, yeah. on the show yesterday and Nathan goes and posts a picture of one of those. And so, you know, Bradley and I were like, Oh sweet. Thanks man. Cause we had talked about taking one of those on a cross country trip together. And yep. then Nathan goes and says, here it is. So we're like, yeah. Bradley and I are heading up to the Northwest to go pick up this, uh, Vanagon to go take a, you know, we're going to hold hands, skip and drive, uh, this Vanagon across the country and have a trip. Oh, sure. uh, <laughs> but Nathan said, no, he says, no, that's not why I posted the picture. He said, I would sooner lend you guys a Porsche then lend you my synchro wow so Bradley are like funny. okay we'll take a Porsche we're on our way so as <laughs> soon as the show's over 
Nathan, whichever portion you want to hand us, we're fine. We'll take it for a couple of weeks. So thanks, Nathan. What a good, what a good fella. Um, I sense an orange mocha frappuccino gasoline fight uh, in your future. <laughs> I think you might be right. And for everybody that doesn't know, if you, uh, Bradley Brownell is the owner of, of a uh, Porsche 912 in 1976, which in his yeah. words is a Vanagon uh, that was put in the dryer too long. So it just kind of shrunk right. down around that engine. Uh, 912E. Right. 912E with right. that Type 4 motor. All right. Uh, okay, Mellow Yellow. Look up that car. It's pretty famous uh, and also awesome. Uh, so oh, let's wait, go to that, yesterday's that, cars. Oh, I'm sorry. What's that? That car, that car was poster car for Fart to Fire Rally, by the way. Do you remember that? Oh, was when it really? that rally? Oh, that makes yeah, sense. That yeah, that car, we had, you had assets of, of uh, Bradley's car, and then we didn't pay him any royalties. And remember how many posters we sold? We made millions on that. Millions of dollars off that poster. Millions upon millions. Bradley, come on down and collect. Uh, all right, let's yep. talk about yesterday's cars. What did we, uh, we, yesterday's big car of the day, what we like to call the star car, uh, yeah. was this absurdly awesome um, 3.9 liter shark works, uh, GT three yep. with, uh, a bunch of badges that were crooked and really ticked. Me <laughs> that really did upset you. That was it really, really I, was, uh, I, was I love fun. how, I love how like the, the Felix and Oscar kind of thing here. You're the one that's like, the OC to get up. Like, why would you put your sticker that deep into the corner of the rear bumper? What were you thinking, you idiot? I'll never buy your car. I love, I absolutely love that. Just, just about certain things. Cause I, I mean, I'm definitely more of a Felix than an Oscar. Or I don't know which one was the messy one. See, I don't care about I the details. Know. Whichever one was the messy yeah. one, that's more me. Ex- uh, unless we're talking about <laughs> talking design. Details. Design drives me up the wall when it's done incorrectly. And this, <laughs> this car, uh, oh my God, did it tick me off. I mean, look at this. Look at that 3.9 badge, guys. That there's the clearly edge to edge relationships are all wrong. There's no clear space. This would not pat Porsche would never do this because nope. anyone that knows nope. anything nope. about Porsche <laughs> uh, brand standards, you have to have at least 50%, usually a hundred percent, uh, clearance around the edges before you hit another design element. So shame on this guy for not knowing yeah. that. Anyway, not knowing uh, that. Quick, all right, quick question. I'm gonna put you on the spot. All right. 2007, no, I say nine, nine, 7.1 gt3 or the yes. new 992 gt3 if you like design uh which of those two is a more pure expression of 911 yeah without a doubt say anymore more quickly too many creases on the new car i i think the jury's out on the new car i don't get me wrong the performance is going to be like probably earth shattering uh, but I, at first blush, and I haven't seen it in person, I am not no. feeling that new car. Uh, my coffee just arrived, so I am a happy boy. All right. Modern design sensibilities really tick me off because, in, in you know, Porsches have resisted a lot of that silliness. Uh, oh. But it's like it's like the guy that designed the uh, Ford Focus F or RS somehow right. got in the in the room with the Porsche designer and say, "Hey, it's we all get paid more if we put more radiuses in this design." Oh my god! Um, somehow. Awesome. It's like, dude, go less, not more of this stupid whiz-bang crap. Uh, right? Yeah, and I just, I absolutely hate the look of the new GT3. Uh, I think it's yeah, just an embarrassment I, I, to Porsche. I really do. I, it might I, be the most awesome car ever, but it's just butt ugly. It, it is. It's like, it, it, it does seem like they're pandering to contemporary trend, which Porsche has resisted for more mm-hmm. than half a century. How did they get it wrong? After 70 years, that's the next car. I, I, I'm not, again, I'm not feeling it, but I haven't seen it in person. So yeah. I'm, I want to leave myself an out that maybe in person, it's just, it just looks like the cup car on the street. But at first glance, especially in that blue with black wheels and mm-hmm. blue stripes, it's just like, I'm not feeling it. Anyways, this car was really neat. The guy bought it in 2009 uh, when it was two years old sent it to Fremont to Sharkworks where they bored out the 3.6 liter Metzger and put the 3.9 kit. Um, it was interesting. Nathan agreed with me. And and my take is we see that 3.9 kit on a lot of RSs from the uh, 997 range, but not so many of the standard GT3. Most of these people uh, didn't spend the money on their car. You know, something that would be just a street car. A lot of people or they'd be a tractor you'd get that extra you know probably 80 horsepower out of the motor any case this was a really nice car with 25 miles super clean despite the bad badge on the back um and they did a lot of other stuff too you know lightweight flywheel aftermarket wheels some suspension and good things like that upgraded the diff yada 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 i said one hundred and eleven thousand dollars. you were stronger on the car you said 115 
And Nathan parked his bid right under yours at 114, uh, and the car sold for $110,000. So I got that win free and clear. Um, staying on Bring a Trailer, JP, let's run over and look at the 1985 Land Rover uh, Series 90, although BAT called it a Defender 90. Uh, you guys were quick to correct me, uh, or correct Bring a Trailer, I should say, because that's where I read it. This is not technically a Defender. This is a Series 90. Uh, and when you look at that, JP, doesn't it look like a much older vehicle than an 85? I mean, I glance at that. It looks like the design I remember from the 60s and 70s, uh, not so much that that's you think because about. because it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they didn't change them from original. I mean, the only thing that was changed until they actually started calling it the Defender was some of the engine components and stuff like that and transmissions. Right. But as far as uh, the overall body and shape and stuff, you know, it's pretty much the identical thing from the old one. Uh, the grills changed a little bit over the years. Interesting. Very interesting. And speaking of the engine, this one had, um, you know, maybe not the best freeway engine, but certainly an engine you want to have if you were out crawling around. Uh, this was the 2.5 liter uh, inline Ford turbo diesel or just diesel. Maybe I don't even think it has a turbo yeah. uh, with a five speed manual, all wheel drive. Uh, it might look like a pickup truck, but this one is finished in the back. So this is really just a soft top. Uh, and the thing that really kind of got us uh talking the most was this um interior that somebody did during its lifetime clearly these seats uh did not come from uh land rover uh and with a sort of espresso color and quilted design kind of throughout the uh back seats and the front seats and they covered the dash and carpeted the floors it, it seems to lose a degree of its utility as far as running it out in the desert fording through a stream getting it dirty and hosing it out all of those things are off the table when the interior is so tarted up like this and uh and so it was funny nathan was teasing that the owner of this would take it to the mall in scottsdale which i thought yeah. was a pretty good tale uh pretty I, good take so i don't so, uh i you know i look i nathan brought up all that stuff about the leather stuff and i was thinking about it at the time going yeah maybe yeah. it is a little bit too done up but i love that everything has been covered the doors the the door panels the steering wheel the dash all those elements have been wrapped and very well done too we're not talking about absolutely a cheap wrap yeah. i mean th this interior no. that costs a lot Somebody of money to money. do yeah, yeah. And the carpeting yeah, stuff yeah. like that and the thing that dawned on me and i wish Agreed. i thought about it on the show was that this this car is going to patina really well. I mean, this oh, thing man. in ten years after that leather oh has kind of been worked in and is you know yeah. as long as it's it's being kept well, it's like yeah, you can get it muddy, you can get it dusty as long as you clean it up when you're done. Uh, it's going to look really really cool, and I I can't wait to see those seats what they look like when they're ten years old uh, and yeah. they've been and they've got that little bit of wear to it, and it winds up looking like something that Land Rover would have done. I I, right. I really I I kind of well, after the fact will... fell in love with this interior and love this car you will have the opportunity to do that jp because this car failed to sell yeah. i said forty thousand. you went over me at 41 um and nathan uh pretty astute he had a very low bid at thirty four thousand seven fifty. the car was bid to thirty two thousand five hundred and failed to sell at that price so uh somewhere this car is going to pop up on you know craigslist or on a lot or on a website somewhere uh because it remains available um technically i won that but uh nathan was the winner of that lot he was the closest uh but i beat you so that's all that matters um also <laughs> on bring a trailer uh, also on Bring a Trailer was a car that you and I, I, I was happy to hear you like this car because this is, JP, the, the, the Mustang GT Shelby 350 is like one of my all-time favorite cars. A, a Wimbledon white with Viking stripes. Uh, I prefer the 65 with no scoops and the louvers and the rear quarter windows. Um, but this 66 GT 350H in black with gold Hertz trim is gorgeous and that is awesome uh this car did have a replacement transmission so it likely came with an automatic and they put the period correct four speed in there but it's not the matching numbers car any longer uh that being said uh cars of this nature since uh shelby the old man died uh, have been creeping up in value and really nice ones are now pushing two hundred thousand uh, dollars so i suspected that this car wait uh, matt damon died Oh. <laughs> wouldn't that be great uh anyways um i suspected this car would creep up to close to 160,000 and remain a good drivable value at that price so i said 159 uh you said 135 which really surprised me uh and then uh nathan was really in between us at 147 thousand dollars so i was feeling pretty good about my bid it sold for 140 thousand dollars 
which means you won it and you won it outright. You beat the other two of us. So uh, well done on that one. So that was your first win of the day. Uh, and then we jumped over to Cars and Brids. Doug DeMiro has offered up this 2019 Volkswagen GTI Rabbit Edition that has been lightly modified to kind of at least give the appearance of an overland or off-road vehicle. Uh, this thing not, was... Hold on. It's not an overland. Yeah. This is a rally car. I mean, I, I right. think we talked about this yesterday. This is a rally yep. car. This is a rally car. This is a rally car. A, an yep. overland car would have knobby tires and would have more ground clearance. This car Got is it. very functional for what it is. This is going after a WRX and everything. Um, okay. I All right. So it's, think, it was yeah, jacked up. Yeah. Yeah, it was jacked up slightly on Volkswagen all-track suspension. So the springs and shocks from an all-track have gently lifted this car. The car does remain on sort of an all-season tire, but it's not a knobby tire. It's not meant to be an off-road. But the, the, at a glance, you look at this thing with the rack on top and the and the lifted suspension, and you, it gives you the idea that this this car could almost go anywhere, even though nobody intends to take it off-road. Is that is that a good correction? Uh, you know, I, and I don't mean to jump on you there. I just no I feel jump like on. Do I, it, do it. Let's, let's I learn. I feel like we're. I feel like we're contributing to uh, kind of some some misinformation that is becoming uh, yeah. more prevalent now that safariing cars has become such a big deal, right? So yeah. we have things like you know Matt Farah goes out and makes his 911, his air cooled 87 911. He safaris that car, so he puts knobby tires on it, jacks it up, does all that kind of stuff. So that car with the knobby tires gives it kind of more of a you know the over using the term overland is not yeah. quite correct really the correct term right. is rally uh yep. safari adds the bigger knobbier tires where rally right. is more where you're going on dirt and road so rally yeah. is when you know you're going to be on pavement and you know you're going to be on gravel safari yep. or one step further on that spectrum would be uh would be overland safari is all about going over nothing but off-road, right? A safari yeah. car is designed to just be on the dirt roads and the gravel and the muck and the and the snow. Not designed Excellent. to do well on the on the street at all. This car, right. this GTI, is a hybrid. It's both. It's supposed to do both. It's supposed to do, be the best of both worlds. And that's why it doesn't have the knobby tires. And that's why it's not really jacked up. So okay, there it is. I, I just that's I, a, I feel a, like no, that's, that's a, kind that's of that's a good definition. Stuff. That's a great yeah. correction. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, I think that's. That's helpful to me because I, I love rallying. I love to be able to take car anywhere. And yeah. this that makes more sense in that light. So And we're seeing this, people looking at rally cars and go, oh, look, it's Safari. It's like, no, it's not Safari at all. Uh, yeah. And then they and, and then that affects how people how people think of it because so many people Receive are just it, yeah. safariing cars that really don't shouldn't be. Uh, and I wouldn't Safari one of these either. But a rally car? Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Man. No, that's really good. Okay, so I said 21,000 on this car that had – I think just if I remember like 10 or 20,000 miles on it, 2019. So it's still under warranty. Um, he did, uh, I think, play with the ECU and uh, I don't know, a few little cosmetic touches, had the plaid interior, just a really neat car. Uh, so I went 21,000. You said 20,000. And Nathan Mers uh, pulled out of time and space the bid of $21,750. Uh, JP, this car sold for $21,750. Did Not he buy that car? Was he bid, did, did he bid it at that number just so he could embarrass I, the should, bid nerds? He's like, I'm going to buy this should, car at that exact number that we, I predicted. I would be flattered if he did, I, I have to tell you. but um, I'm pretty sure that's what he did. It's not it's not enough, Murs, to just come on the show and beat us at our own game. You had to Yahtzee, the two hosts. Oh, my God. That is just it's unbelievable. Oh, my Lord. It's like yeah. you invite a guy to come over and, hey, you can stay the night. Then you, you go brush your teeth and he's in bed with your wife. You're like, what mm, the heck? Mm, like, mm. Oh, my goodness. So amazing. Great job, Murs. That was unbelievable. So he gets, hit, he gets an asterisk next to his name, even though he didn't qualify for a score. That's amazing. And then uh, our last car, JP. Uh, was just an interesting lot all the way around. Um, 1996 Ford Bronco XLT. I think it had 25,000 original miles of unusual burgundy color, um, or maybe just 12,000 miles. Yeah, it really was low 12. Miles. It was crazy. Yeah, low, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I reread the uh, when you said to me yesterday, "You're not listening to me." I was rereading rereading the uh, listing. Uh, Nathan said that this car had been repainted, but I couldn't find evidence of that in the P car. List I have missed as I was trying to skim, and I certainly didn't read it the first time. Uh, but Nathan said he he connected the dot. This car had been offered, I think, to bring a trailer. 
earlier where it was bid to 41,000 and failed to sell. So maybe there they had been repaid. I couldn't find it, but that changed my bid. I had said 35 originally, and then I changed it to 30, thinking if this is a repaint, I'm really missing something on this car. You said 31, Nathan said 33,250, and asserted that he didn't think that in the range of our bids, this thing would find a home because it had failed to sell at 41 on a at a previous auction on a different uh, listing, a, li a different auction house. So with that in mind, this car brought a surprising $37,780. But to be correct, uh, you won that, by the way. Uh, Nathan said that this would fail to sell, and it did. It was bid to that number and didn't uh, sell. It remains on offer in the deal tank on PCAR market for an asking price of $49,000, which is... I just don't see it for this car, not right now. And if, if Nathan's right and this car has been repainted, they'll never get that. The only way it would be worth even 40 is if it's original paint. So I don't know what the heck is up with that. It was a weird lot uh, and a weird listing. And we, in, a, in a sense, we were all wrong. But Nathan uh, unlisted, enlisted a little more information about it. Anyway, enough about that car. Yeah, I, I just don't quite get what PCAR Market was doing here. I mean, putting the, I, I get that they're trying to expand and they, they've got a bigger audience now. So it makes sense. They've, seen, they've had some pretty good luck with some weird stuff like that 280Z that was made to look like a oh. a, a Ferrari 250. They got $50,000 for that. Okay. Oh. You know, if they can pull that off, maybe <laughs> they can pull some miracles. It's worth a shot to uh, try to sell a Burgundy Bronco on here. But uh, clearly that was a miss. Um, you know, American yeah. cars. I Look, if this thing were white, if it were an OJ mobile, it, I, I yeah, think it 10. could bring that kind of money. Uh, but unless it's that exact car, um, or at least looks exactly like that, I don't think a Bronco of this era is really going to bring big money yet. Uh, I think we're a yeah. ways away from that. Even even if it was white with tan, would it bring 50,000? I'm not sure. With 12,000 miles? I mean... I, Maybe. Yeah, I think that's certainly a possibility. Given that Broncos are about the hottest thing there is, the new Bronco, so... Why not? You know, uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we will, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I doubt it'll bring 50 on, on the deal take that. That would shock me. And if it does, no. Hey, good job. Um, all right. Well, there it is guys. That's uh, that's where we check ourselves and wreck ourselves apparently yesterday because Nathan demolished us at our own oh. game. Thanks a lot. Third nerd for whooping if, our butts. Yeah. If his scores counted JP, uh, Basically, I got three wins, but I lost two of them to Nathan. You got mm -hmm. two wins and lost one of them to Nathan. Yeah. And in one of Nathan's wins that don't count because we don't score him, mm -hmm. he got a Yahtzee, but it didn't so really. So that would have been so, two points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But but it doesn't, he's disqualified. You know, sorry. Disqualified. Get him out of here. <laughs> uh, all right, good job, Nathan. All right, so today yeah. we're now it's time to get to today's cars. And in the spirit of uh, Nathan, and I'm sure he's watching uh, uh, or yeah. doing something better. Uh, we we you know I I, I feel like. Uh, you know, if I didn't make the point yesterday, we're going to bring it home today. Uh, our star car, our big car of the day is a car that I am so excited about. It is literally my favorite car in the world. Um, and it proves that convertibles are, in fact, better than coupes. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Nathan, are you hearing is, this? <laughs> uh, this is undeniable. Here is a 1989 Porsche Speedster. Michael Deep, tell us about this specific car. Oh, this man. is up in the Northwest where I'm from. Oh, uh, yeah. It really is a cool car. Uh Listen, Porsche was selling the 356 in the 1950s in the United States, including convertibles. Uh, and they wanted to make a car that um, basically was a little bit lighter weight, had less content uh, to come in at a less expensive price so that people could basically take that car and go racing with it. And so Porsche invented the Speedster. And they were the original, the first, there's something written about the first 200 Speedsters that Porsche made. They took, you know, roadsters off the assembly line and took content out of them to create Speedsters. So Porsche was basically, this car was a homage at the end of the lifespan of the venerable and super successful G-Series, Porsche sort of decontented uh, these cars uh, to create a lightweight, better driving version of the car. This is the, the, the final bow uh, to the G-Series. And what we have here, and this is interesting, I did not know this, JP, but when you ordered a Speedster, you had the choice between a narrow body and a wide body. Yep. Uh, you taught me that, which I didn't know at the time when we met like four years ago. Um, and so... Narrow body speedsters actually probably bring a ridiculous premium because so few people requested them. So what we're looking at here is a wide body, lightweight, convertible G-series with a normally aspirated motor. Uh, the 3.2 pushes around probably two or 300 pounds less weight in this instance. 
uh, and they just rock. I mean, JP, look how pretty that car is. Uh, the thing that makes the Speedster, and JP, I'll let you speak to this more because you've talked about it. Um, you can't just take a, a regular convertible and make a Speedster. This windshield and relationship with the door is unique to these cars and the parts for these are not available you can't go to porsche classic and order these pieces you have to find them off wrecked or life finished donor cars to try and recreate something like this the look is spectacular the windshield line is lower the convertible top is uh basically like solving a rubik's cube uh <laughs> and the thing is to just leave it down anyways because why would you put it up it, it's very claustrophobic in there it's a lower roof line these cars uh they really do drive different, JP. Now that I own an 84 Carrera, having driven a handful of speedsters with my time at God, um, you can feel how much faster the cars accelerate and how quicker they turn because of how light they are. Um, they sold for about 73000 This particular car was about $73,000 when it was brand new. But from the moment they were first sold, they have always brought a ridiculous premium. And it's not unusual to see speedsters in excellent condition bring twice and sometimes three times as much as they cost when they were brand new. Our car in Guards Red is offered out of and a Cortez, Washington, with just 53,000 miles on the odometer. A lot of these cars were put away and preserved. A lot of these cars have just been driven to shows. And occasionally we see them with, you know, 5,000 miles or 2,000 miles or 16,000 miles. And they bring close to $200,000. And a few years ago at the height of the market, these cars brought two hundred and fifty, and in some cases $300,000. But this car is probably going to represent an excellent value because by all accounts, it looks to be in excellent original condition and yet shows 53,000 miles on the clock, which means this is never going to be a blue chip collectible. This is a car that somebody could probably afford to buy and still drive, which you and I, that would make us make the bid nerds very happy. So JP, with two and a half hours to go, sitting at $101,000, our car is sitting on 14 bids. What do you think about it? Is this car destined to be driven or are they just so special they're going to be put away? All of them. Uh, you know, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, that's what I was going to basically talk about was the whole miles thing because, uh, yes, this car needs to be driven. And I, you know, yeah, I, go, I went ahead and said that they're the, my favorite cars in the world. Um, yeah. And it just, it just pains me to... Uh, it's like, I feel like I'll never get a chance to get one uh, because they're all such low mile cars. I've been waiting to find one with literally 125,000 miles on it. Something that, <laughs> you know, something that's been driven that I could just like go out and not feel bad uh, to right. own and drive this thing. Um, because and get it you, for $59,000, right? Well, hell, I mean, even $100,000, yeah. fine, whatever. Um, at least it's not 200, which is what they all seem to be going for, give or take 10 grand. Right. Um, and this one with 50,000 miles, is way more than we've seen uh is i mean this is three Most, or four yeah. times the amount of miles that i've seen for sale on any one of these in a very very long time um you know if you've ever had the chance to drive one there really is something about that windshield being that couple inches lower oh, uh, and people think oh it's just a convertible and if you're one of those people that just dismiss convertibles uh just automatically then you're an idiot you're not a car person you really i mean and i i i say that like kind of loosely but i just i really mean it if you are one of these people that like only drives coupes and doesn't like convertible, just completely dismisses convertibles. You are not a car person. You don't get it. You don't get cars. You're the person that reads in a magazine or hears some journalist say visceral, and then you parrot that word all the time, but don't know the real <laughs> meaning of it, right? <laughs> this car, um, you know, and you could look, it's not about liking convertibles uh, better than coupes or liking coupes better than convertibles because as someone who is a total convertible guy, I definitely prefer them. I absolutely love coupes too. The weird thing is so many people that prefer coupes over convertibles, they don't just prefer the coupe over the convertible. They want a convertible and they hate, I mean, sorry, they want a coupe and they hate convertibles. That's yeah. just weird to me. You're yeah. not a car person. Sorry, you are not a car person if that's you. Uh, so this car right here, one of my one of the one of the best cars I've ever owned personally, and one of the most fun cars certainly by far was a uh -huh. 1974 Volkswagen thing. And that car, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, had the white one. Yeah, right. The white the no, the white the white uh, Volkswagen thing. Uh, that was yeah. a 
box had the lowest performance specs of any car of all time, right? It was yeah. as aerodynamic as a brick, almost literally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Had zero power. It was impossible to shift. Uh, had no steering. Fe- I mean, the thing was just, uh, it was a garbage can with wheels. But what made that yeah. car fun was the fact that the windshield folded down flat. And when you drove right. that car, it was kind of like, it was like making the world yeah. an amusement park ride when you're at Disneyland totally. or something and, and you're on uh, the Indiana Jones ride. Everything, everyone wants to talk to you. Everyone sees you. There's nothing in between you and the world and the air going on your face. And it was just tons of fun. It made people smile. These speedsters in a lot of ways are like the Volkswagen thing because having less, uh, less deflection, it's like almost, you want to fold the windshield down on this car. Uh, yeah. I, I, and that's, I that's a really great point. I want, I want to bring up really quickly that Ferrari and McLaren have just produced Top of the range, limited spec, uh, limited production numbers. Uh, Ferrari's making the Monza SP1 and SP2, and it's basically a no windshield V12 mm. supercar. And the difference between the one and the two is how many seats you order the car with. <laughs> and then McLaren has just unveiled, and those cars are like three, four million bucks. Yeah. And then the McLaren just unveiled the $1.7 million Elva, which is almost the exact same thing, except it's a twin turbo V8 in the mid engine. Uh, whereas the Monzas, I think, are front engine. Uh, but this is a two-seat car, open top, no windscreen. So you literally need to wear, at the very least, glasses because you yeah. can't go 60 miles an hour with stuff hitting your face. you got to really wear a helmet to drive these cars. Uh, the, the Speedster solves that problem. It's the least amount of glass to protect you without having to put a helmet and sunglasses on, and you can go drive this car. And unlike your thing, this car will do 140 miles an hour, JP. It's yep. amazing. Yep, and we'll rip around corners. I mean, uh, mm. you know, these things handle. So you feel, when you get in this car, if you've ever oh, been man, a G, they... in a, any kind of G-body, especially a G-convertible, uh, you know, yeah. you instantly feel that this thing's better, different. It's lighter. Oh, it has roll. It's incredible. The, the really weird, was... weird thing is, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it feels like it's got more power. It's so light, it actually feels yeah. like it's but like 260 horsepower. That's that's the and that's you the mentioned that it was kind of like a club sport without a roof. I mean, in that it that's really the truth. is because the roll up yeah. windows. Now you had mentioned that this car was something that they added to you know all, sort of like a parts bin, but usually that goes in reverse. This car they had planned a 964 Speedster. They knew that they were going to make that, and but yeah. they knew that that was still they were a, a year or so out before they were going to be ready. Right. You know to put those out, but they had already had the parts and the designs and they're like well let's put the, some of these windshields on an older car and see if anybody will buy them and of course they did uh like gangbusters but it's interesting yeah. that these have roll-up windows whereas the 964s actually had uh electric uh, electric windows yeah right uh, so you, what you're talking about you got sports seats jp yeah. you've got the factory short throw uh shifter yeah. uh some of these things i think have a, a thicker grip steering wheel it's an m491 so it's already got like turbo brakes and some parts of the turbo suspension not all of it uh and and then because it's lighter weight, the motor feels more responsive. I mean, the steering is is more direct. It's just they absolutely one of the most superior driving cars. As much as I love my M491, it's a pig. It weighs like almost 3,400 pounds. And this car probably weighs 27 or 2,800 pounds. I mean, yeah. that's a massive difference. Yep. Yeah, and there's no there's no motors putting the top up on this thing like the no. like the like the cabs. I mean, the cabrios practic- have motors everywhere. Even in the windshield yeah. frame, there's motors, and that's the stupid place yeah. to put weight. That big clamshell is fiberglass. It weighs nothing, and it practically yeah. takes two people to unfold the top and then latch it into place. It's it, you do it by yourself. It, it literally takes you over five minutes to uh, snap yeah, the top up yeah, and put the toe pain. away. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you probably have to watch a YouTube video, even if you right. own the car, because you'll do it so infrequently. Um, yeah. And so All anyways, right. can't say enough nice things about it. In Out of Anacortes, Washington, this fantastic speedster with around 50,000 miles. Where's it going to land, Michael Deep? All right. So, JP, last night it was uh, at 95000 on Just Ted Bids. And so I conservatively put $139,000. Uh, it's at 101 today on 14 Bids. And after talking about it, looking at it again, and remembering just how special they are, uh, I still think this is going to be a tremendous value at my inflated bid of $145,000. What say you? Mm, that's a good bid. I'm going to say 149. Does it make 150? I knew you were going to go know. over me. I knew uh, it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and maybe it's because I want this car so badly. Um, oh, my goodness. You know, I, I think if there, if it were a year or so ago, I would have definitely been down in the buck 20 range or something like that because it has miles. But now all this stuff is going up in value and up in price. So mm-hmm. um, I think that kind of that's the adjustment that I would make. Um, it's certainly not a $200,000 car because 
because there's a bunch of them for sale on the market right now that we both know of that yeah. are in that 200 range that have like hardly any miles on it. Uh, this isn't yeah. one of those. This is just a beautiful, stunning, iconic Porsche that someone could go and drive. One, uh, one of 823 U.S. market examples. And JP, I would venture a guess that less than 50 or 20 of these things are narrow bodies you know yeah i uh, for the fair? record i have never seen a, a narrow body one uh i've yeah. just never i mean uh, not, yeah. not even not just for sale but they i know they exist but they almost exist. everyone ordered them with the wide body uh and honestly yeah. you know and it's weird too because all the 964s were narrow bodies they didn't make a wide body 964 speed oh i know this um, is awful which is which is crazy uh but honestly i i i you know, if I had the choice, I would absolutely take a narrow body one. Uh, if it, you know, I, so I, not because yeah, of the value, would, but I just think it would be just the coolest thing. It would be the coolest thing. I pre prefer my 89 speedster as a wide body. And I would take an America roadster over a narrow body speedster 964. Really? That would be, yeah. I love the wide body. I just, yeah, it, it, they just look so aggressive, like a pit bull. I don't know. They're just, they're yeah, stunning. But those, but, those cal but those roadsters have all the the heavy top and the the motors in the frame and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I have I'm not racing this car. I I drive it fast enough. Yeah, uh, imagine this this speedster right here, JP, with my uh, 1552 wheels on. Oh, How snap, gorgeous yeah. would that look? Oh, a man. to the okay. Yeah. All, All right, right well, there you go. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get to some other cars. We spent a lot of time in this uh, on this uh, proving my point that uh, convertibles are in fact better than coupes. Uh, so, to that end, what else we got? I don't know, JP. I think should we just call it a wrap? Should we just end with that car? That car was uh, so good. I don't that. know. That's, that's how do you end the week? Else? I know, right? What are yeah. we going to literally talk uh, about? Dodge? Are yeah, we out of our yeah. minds? Let's do that. It's the yeah. same color, sort at, of. At the opposite end of the performance spectrum is this. <laughs> 2004 what? Dodge Ram SRT 10 six-speed manual 20,000 mile pick-em-up truck it's out of <laughs> Allen Texas which is 20,000 miles um this says it's a supercharged 8.3 liter v10 did I miss something is there these cars were normally aspirated unless this one's got a supercharger on it oh yeah he threw a supercharger on there look at that photo because 500 uh, horsepower yeah. wasn't enough yeah, so somebody threw an aftermarket. I didn't even notice that. An aftermarket Paxton Novi 2000 centrifugal supercharger was added. Um, I think these things make like 500 horsepower. That supercharger is probably going to add another 150 horsepower. So you've got to be talking somewhere in the neighborhood of over 650 brake horsepower. They do have a limited slip differential, uh, but there is so little weight on the rear of this car <laughs> i doubt they hook up because these are oh, i'm really lost now are these rear wheel drive aren't they rear oh, wheel yeah. drive they're not oh, yeah. Always, yeah they're not always yeah. right uh -uh. so if this is rear wheel drive i mean you're just gonna you could spin the tires in fourth gear in this thing i mean yeah. good god it's a viper um, i mean this is like a hellcat before there was a hellcat but they're making that really hellcat is. truck or whatever uh yeah, yeah. this thing is you'll awesome. notice You'll notice right away from the pictures, this is a regular cab. They did make extended cab versions of this car. Uh, but I think for the purity of the look, I, I prefer the, the short cab on these. Mm. Uh, I really love the front end of these things, JP. When you look at that front three-quarter view, it looks like a semi-truck that you can go <laughs> pick up and start hauling in. I mean, it's amazing. It, the only thing missing off this thing is a hood ornament, JP. Uh, I, believe I, it or not. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I actually really love these things. I, if you had to have a muscle car, could you, you could do a lot worse than getting a manual transmission Viper motor in a pickup truck. I, I, I'm a meathead, I, but don't get me wrong. I've always been trying to get in touch with my redneck roots. I even moved to Vegas once, uh, and I can't wait to go back. Uh, don't be surprised, JP, if I show up in one of these things. And if I get one, it's going to have stripes on it for sure. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I love the fact that the guy put a bed liner in it. Like he's going to go down and get some gravel at the Home Depot or something. I mean, it's like, dude, why bother? What are you? Oh my this God, thing is funny. awesome. It's just so stupid. Yeah. And you're right. If you're going to do a pickup truck, it may as well be this pickup truck with three pedals. Oh, and uh, you're just, Look at that the, thing. the thing that you're going to put in the back of this truck is more tires. Cause you're going to be just roasting these like marshmallows oh, every, sure. at every light. I mean, this is just so much yeah. fun. Uh, how awesome would it ha be to have this park next to your red speedster uh, in oh, your garage? Fantastic. Um, that would just be the ultimate. Your neighbors would be like, what the what? <laughs> right. And I, I just think it's weird, though. I mean, you know, the prices of these, like everything, is going a little.
little crazy. Uh, these were yeah. totally under underappreciated. You used to be able to get Absolutely. these for twenty grand, no problem. Yeah. And this one is already sitting a little higher than that with some time to go. Yeah. Where do you think it's going to land? So JP, again, out of Allen, Texas, with just 20,000 miles, including the aftermarket supercharger, our 2004 Dodge Ram SRT10 is sitting at a whopping $25,000 with four hours and 22 minutes left to run in this auction. Only on five bids, I should caution you, there doesn't seem to be a lot of action on this, but the people who like them love them, and somebody's already willing to pay probably more than it's worth. Um, my bet... Uh, Last night was 32000 but that's before I knew they modified it. While that might appeal to somebody and somebody might still spend $32,000 on it, I'm just going to go thirty grand and force you to do the over and under at what is the obvious watermark for this car. I'll take your bid. I'll take thirty two. I think this thing is just stupid enough that somebody... I mean, what do you get yep. for thirty two grand? that's this kind of Nothing crazy? Nothing like this. Nothing I mean, like this. you know, this yeah. or that Bronco. And that Bronco, the guy yeah. wants, you know, fifteen twenty thousand dollars more than this. This car, way better than that Bronco. That I mean, yeah. the, come on. This thing's so yeah. badass. There's, there's no weight on that rear axle, so this car will never ever be quick it just can't hook up it yeah. can't even if you put you know 14 inch wide slicks it's not going to hook up um but this car will be fast so if you're on the freeway and you roll up next to this guy in your you know audi r8 or whatever and this guy downshifts the third gear you might be in trouble your your girlfriend is going to be like what the hell well i mean you just you just uh you just actually brought something up that is the reason why this thing has a supercharger i mean this thing is out of texas and everyone with big horsepower cars in texas yeah. goes and does yeah. uh superchargers because the thing to do in the enthusiast community down there is rolling yeah. drags you know it's not yep. the it's not from a stop it's like okay we're yeah. cruising down the freeway 80 let's see who can get to 120 more Absolutely. Uh, yeah. and that's why they do it that's just a texas thing man uh yeah. and, and it makes right sense here in vegas too that would be the thing to yeah. do too because it's oh, all straight absolutely. lines imagine imagine somebody rolled that out when we did our you know we go out to have brunch at the pioneer saloon mm. that drive out past that's me, a vegas, gene yeah you'd be flying in that thing yeah i mean and leave God it smoked like you could, you could be at 80 miles an hour drop a gear hit you know get up to 100 and be leaving a smoke trail uh, you know like two miles long just a complete spy hunter cloud that you couldn't even see through it'd be awesome seriously all so right funny. all right we want this truck all right let's move on what's next all right, JP. Uh, a really cool car that came out in the late 90s. This is a 2007 Mercedes-Benz S55 AMG. Uh, this was offered out of Lexington, Kentucky, 18 mile diameter. This car came from the factory with a supercharger. So what we're looking at is uh, a modest-sized 5.4-liter V8, but the supercharger adds crazy amounts of torque. Mm. Uh, let me read my notes to you. We're talking 510 horsepower and, more importantly, 530 pound-foot of torque. Uh, this was all too much for um, uh, Mercedes-Benz uh any idea of going to a more sophisticated transmission at the time, they didn't have the technology. The only thing they could fall back on was their slush box five-speed automatic transmission, which I'm pretty sure is a ZF unit. But it was the only unit that Mercedes could find that was strong enough to put up with the demands of the torque that these things were twisting through that driveline. Um, and I got to tell you, that transmission is garbage. It's slow. It's deliberate. Uh, and it really holds back what would otherwise be an incredibly lively performing car. Um, these cars aren't lightweight, but they do handle well. And as you know, JP, everything that Mercedes-Benz typically feels like it's carved out of a single piece of steel. Uh, and this car is no exception. Even with the top down, it feels rigid like a coupe. Um, and the top is fully automatic. You know, you have spoken many times about other cars that we have covered, I think from Aston and Jaguar and Ferrari, all buying the mechanical unit that Mercedes developed for this car. It was so good and so reliable. Other manufacturers bought it uh, so that they wouldn't have problems with their convertibles going to market. So a car that kind of reset the benchmark, uh, the transmission sort of holds it back. It's probably the reason why you and I don't own one. If this thing had a dual clutch, it would be amazing. Um, but there you go. A lot of performance for a very little amount of money. This car was $130,000 when it was brand new. And our car has five hours to go, just 19,000 miles in the odometer. And it's languishing in Kentucky at $20,000, JP. Tell me there's a better value. Would you rather buy that or a 996, you know? 
Uh, you know, it's interesting that you say the 996 because that transmission is basically a Tiptronic. If you got it, if you have a, yeah. uh, if you have a 996 Tiptronic, you kind of have the same transmission. Exactly. Uh, it's a ZF five-speed slush box torque converter garbage transmission. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is this car is really more of a straight line car than a 996 would be. So, you know, it's not as bad in this. It's not, obviously it's not what you want. Uh, it would be amazing with a manual. They didn't make them like you said, but they are tons of fun because they just, it's just, you know, another smoke machine you can get these are so fast and so much fun they just it's a it's a european muscle car this is a european it, it is. corvette um but the, it, despite there being a ton of weight on that front axle it doesn't understeer as much as you would think it would by looking at it you know the same thing from jaguar aston will probably push when you really get into a turn or a curve uh but these cars the front end of these cars is surprisingly agile just well, they're not yeah, amazing but i, I mean i've amazing, owned one i've never i've thing. never owned an s i've driven the sl55s yeah. My wife had an SL500 of the same era, right. uh, and yeah. the and the thing that that makes it handle so well that you're talking about is the ABC uh, suspension, yeah. which is a derivative of their F1 suspension. It's a it's a computer yeah. uh, you know right. run. Uh, the airbag system. And it's crazy when you try to, when you're driving one of these in anger around corners, yeah. as it, as it goes into a corner and tries to bottom out, it's, it's, it's fighting you <laughs> venting air. You can hear it just go. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's not a turbo. That's the thing. It's like, you know, squirt and stuff. It's the really it's weird like, sensation. It's like yeah. six guys on pogo sticks, break dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, they are these, that's one thing about these cars. They are incredibly heavy. And so that ABS yeah, is, or ABC is really fighting to compensate all that extra weight going around corners. Right. Um, but here's the thing about that ABC as well, as great as it is, it is a uh -huh. huge Achilles heel on these cars. Uh, this generation, um, it is a, it is a common massive failure point on this car. Uh, wow. If you, you lose go. the ABC unit, uh, <laughs> yeah. that is a $10,000 repair. Um, the, and, and on a car that you're talking about wor being worth somewhere in the, in the mid-20s tops, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's a lot. And there are people, uh, Tavarish, uh, if you've ever seen his YouTube channel, um, he's famous for having taken one of these and converting it to uh, coilovers, which would be I was just gonna ask you. freaking awesome, but yeah, not easy. Yeah, yeah. It, of oh, course it's fantastic, easy. but you yeah. know, I mean, we are talking major hour. Like, you're going okay. Replace the ABC or have somebody do all the work to put coilovers in it. You're yeah. almost a wash the amount of hours it would take it takes to do it, and you have to be but, someone like a Tavares to be able to do it. But then, in theory, and that's something that like that's the kind of engineering Rafi could do. You know, like that yeah. would be an amazing uh, development if you took a you know an SL55. Uh, reprogrammed the control unit that's governing that transmission to see if you can speed up those ge those gear shifts, yeah. and then switch this over to like you know like you said like Bilstein coilovers. Oh, yeah. that'd be that'd be a cool car. Yeah, people and, have done it. In fact, there was one for sale here in Vegas not too long ago, and I tried to get out there and look at it, but then it disappeared. So somebody bought yeah. it. I really wanted to drive one uh, so like that. What you and I are describing is essentially what they did when they made the McLaren SLR, and it's mm. basically the same block, the 5.4 liter. V8, you know, over boosted. Uh, they sped up the transmission a little bit, but it's still kind of garbage. And then it's got a much better suspension. And then it's but got it's got to be an ABC type suspension. It can't be a coilover mechanical suspension in that, is it? I, I mean, don't I, I don't know, I, I but really I would think that, it has, that they would take the because the ABC was like a crown jewel uh, for yeah. Mercedes when they came up with it because it's you know it's uh, F1 derived. So I would have to think that that's well, what they would do. And something we'll have to invite our audience yeah. to correct uh, my suspicion that they did something that sophisticated. I really don't know. Mercedes really, yeah. in my opinion, kind of got the SLR wrong. Mm. But it yeah. doesn't matter to the community. That is still a highly coveted car, and they are starting to go back up in value too. You can pick those things up for like under two hundred grand now, and now they're starting to creep back up towards three hundred thousand. A ten thousand dollar repair on something like a McLaren SL or you know uh, SL, whatever the thing. SLR uh, yeah. SLR sorry uh, you know a ten thousand dollar repair on that car makes sense. It's like all right, I've got yeah. a you know quarter million dollar car. <laughs> it costs ten thousand dollars to repair something. All right, that makes sense. But a ten thousand right. dollar repair on something that only twenty thousand twenty thousand yeah. dollars is a 
the uh, you know our Deal friends breaker. at uh, Daniel at uh, German Motors likes to say you know he, he what's up Daniel with, he's he like he gets a lot of these cars you know older yeah. Mercedes luxury BMW stuff like that people bring them in to get stuff repaired and you know they're cars that were a hundred twenty hundred fifty thousand dollars when they were new uh, and now they're worth ten twenty fifteen sometimes five or whatever and people are oh but the, uh, you want eight thousand dollars to repair my fill in the blank widget on my BMW <laughs> six forty five or whatever this car's only yeah. worth eight thousand dollars and Dan's yeah. like the car doesn't know how much it's worth man it yeah. thinks it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar car it does <laughs> you know it does not it does. care what your wallet says uh, yeah. it's that's, what the, that's yeah. why the that's why the waiting lounge has car magazines and boxes yeah. of tissue. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's rough duty, uh, and oh, that's man. why the values of these just plummet. I mean, it really is oh, because sure. to own one of these, uh, you know, to 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 pay that kind of maintenance cost on something that's really not worth that much, so many of them just get pitched and destroyed. So, anyways, Absolutely. Uh, this yeah. is really a fun car. These are such a oh, blast. They are. Uh, they and really are. Rami, They're our fast. good friend Rami, is looking for one of these. Uh, oh. So, uh, how many hours is left to go on this one? Four, five hours, basically four hours, okay. and 54 minutes. And this Maybe one's already rotted out. It's, it's black yeah. with black wheels and it's just got 19,000 miles on it. And tell me if Rami chips or reprograms this car, EC, ECU tune, you would talk about uncorking a lot of power from that motor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. If you turn up the wick on that thing, it's serious performance. Dwayne wick. You just said, wait. yes. Um, yeah. All right. What's it going to land at? Did we, did we talk about numbers yet? No, no not yet. It's at $20,500 JP. And not a lot of bids. What was it, 14 bids or something? I don't think this car is going to 30000 Um I still feel like my bid is high, but it's still a Mercedes with less than 20,000 miles. AMG and all that hoopla. So I'm just going to leave it $28,000 and mm. put the pressure on you. What do you say? What, uh, what, what year is this one? Is a 07 with 19,000 miles. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's good. It's not an 03 or 04 or something like that. So it's a, um, the first couple of years had a bunch of other little problems too. Um yeah, I'm going to go under for sure. I'm going to go I knew you would. Yeah, I knew you would. No, Chicken. Poil Delmar. They're just not worth that much. They're <laughs> a great value. Great What's value car. What's your big cluck, 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 cluck? That's me. That's me. <laughs> what are you tell, we're going to have to reach out to Rami and say, hey, you might be buying a car on BAT. We're going to Kentucky. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so what's the up? Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, Give me your number. Oh, I, I just said 27. You said oh, 28, sorry. Right? Yeah, gotcha. 27. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, JP. Sure. All right, let's uh let's jump over to nowhere and stay on Bring a Trailer. Um 1985 Mazda RX7 GS with a five-speed mm. manual. Our car is offered out of Austin, Texas, with just 43, 44,000 original miles. This is a no-reserve auction, JP. Um one of my best friends growing up was a guy named Danny Murphy, who rest his soul passed away uh, several years ago. But when Danny and I were like basically in high school, this was his first car. Uh, and he had this little silver RX seven with, um, I, if I remember correctly, it had like a burgundy interior. Um, and uh, it, he just used to rip around in that thing and it handled pretty good. Um, it's interesting. These are 1.1 liter Wankel rotary motors. These do not have conventional uh, internal combustion. These are a little bit different uh, and they're pretty lightweight. And so despite the small displacement, these things were rev happy and kind of ripped. They didn't make a lot of torque, but this was an interesting sports car alternative back in the time when you and I were in high school and discovering, you know, girls and pubic hair and all that stuff. Um, I have a question for you. When I was looking at this last night, JP, let me riddle you this one. Mm. And it, it comes from the concept, how do you base success? Would you say this was a successful car for Mazda? And let me finish. Mazda sold a boatload of these, and I remember seeing them on the road all over the Bay Area. I imagine these were pretty commonplace up in your neck of the woods in the Pacific Northwest. And by all accounts, Mazda sold quite a bit of these. But nobody else in the industry converted to Wankel motors you know and mm. and although mazda went back to the drawing board and reinvented this concept a couple of different times with later versions of the rx7 and i think what did they call it the rx8 or something like that mm. um how does it whether it's successful did they, did they build a brand from this kind of it, it made them relevant in the marketplace but the Miata is where mazda made all their money not anything with a wankle motor so when we look back now you and i are becoming old men these days 
do you classify the RX-7, this first run of the Wankel motor in the United States, which they sold a lot of, do you classify it as a success? Because they're not still making a rotary motor, but it did lead to the Miata and they got their foothold. And by all accounts, they the guys that were in charge back then made money before they retired. How, what would you say? Is, is this a win for them or was it not a win for them? Unequivocally, uh, I, this is a huge win. I mean, this car yeah. is all... is iconic i mean especially the first mm -hmm. generation one uh right. the second generation was incredibly uh popular the third generation was a failure uh but that was because of the time you don't have a miata if it's not for this car everything that they learned about sports cars they learned right. building and developing this small lightweight right. front engine thing and yeah they didn't go yeah. with this engine um but they definitely learned from this platform and and you know miatas uh kind of to pick up the flag and took off from there uh there yeah. is no mazda without this car because the other cars right. they were making at the time right. were just snoresville um, right you know they, nobody they'd be it, nobody would remember what they made yeah they'd yeah. be out there in the pasture with daihatsu and whatever other brands yeah. just failed uh out of japan at, in this era yeah rx7s yeah. Uh, and these cars are so much fun i mean it's got forty thousand miles so it's due for a rebuild i'm sure uh the wankel engine is a great <laughs> yeah. little powerful fun engine but needs to be rebuilt all the time it's not nearly as difficult to rebuild one of these as like a, a normal engine uh but unfortunately there's very few people that know how to do it anymore so back in the day it wasn't yeah. that big a deal uh but now it really is because you're you got to find uh, a specialist and they are a rare breed <laughs> um i i love this thing it'd be awesome to have one of these if you had an extra slot in your garage and wanted something that's kind of fun uh it's, from the 80s it's a great radwood car it's my least favorite of the rx7s i actually liked the rx7 too because it really was the poor man's 944 yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? uh the alfa romeo most people wouldn't touch with if they had a brain, uh, but an RX seven seemed like a much more safe bet because it was Japanese and it had this sort of Japanese reliability and, uh, you know, a fair amount of, um, performance for the economy. Um, I remember seeing an RX seven turbo that had the vanity plate P O O R S H Porsche, you know, <laughs> yeah. which was a, a double yeah. tundra if, if you were, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which I thought was really clever. Um, and then of course, when the third version came out that, that yeah. beautiful round car, I thought that was just, amazing I, yeah. I i fell in love with that car but this are, one those are those are and those have really found a falling because they just didn't make oh, a lot yeah. of them you know yeah. it was a tough time in the economy and sports cars were getting hammered by suvs so yep. and there was some serious competition with a 300z and a bunch that's of other right. cars of the air that's right and stuff. that's right but this one this one never did it for me i appreciated that people drove them and they were sports cars but i just this and and believe it or not i was never a fan originally of the 240z mm. chachi mm. ramirez just turned off our station by the way as mm -hmm. soon as i mm -hmm. bashed on the z he's like i hate that guy mm -hmm. i never liked him but mm -hmm. um uh, i've come sorry chachi to, i don't like him either yeah <laughs> i've come to appreciate the 240z and 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 i think it's cool to see that the 240z has got a groundswell of young enthusiasts picking them up and then reinventing them and i like that that's kind oh, of that's like our and that, that the the 240z has been popular for well over a decade because they're drift machines they're right <laughs> that's yeah. where that car came from yeah because you can put yeah. a lot of torque you can do it put a 2j oh engine absolutely in there or and just yeah. drift for days in those these but there's no you way you can never squeeze the power out of yeah. these yeah there yeah. was nothing to do with these and so i just never kind of got behind them and, and yet everything about them the long hood is very classically mm -hmm. english and the pop-up headlights i mean it's so 80s radwood gold for days uh and this one uh, is a bit of a unicorn jp even if it needs the rebuild like yeah. you suggest it might if that paint's original and that interior's original i mean this is a real find uh what Cleanest a cool one car. i've seen in a long time where's it gonna land what's it sitting at now right. and where's it gonna go so here's interesting it's at it's got four hours to go it's in texas and it's sitting at 70 let me read it to you again jp seventy six hundred dollars but last night uh this car was only at five thousand dollars so i put nine grand last night but i actually changed my mind i think this car is going to break ten thousand dollars i'm going to go to 11. <laughs> i'm going to turn it up to 11 and say eleven thousand dollars and really make you squirm because there's no way you're going to beat my bid on this one this one you think is going to go to 11? Uh, this one I goes think so. to 11. Uh, it's going, yeah. higher, it's going yeah. higher than that. I'll go you think 12. So? I think it might get oh, to 15 or 20. Crazy uh, that's maniac. low miles and super clean. And I think these are, you know, we've seen things like Volkswagens kind of fail, you know, Scirocco's and, and Corrado's right. kind of fail to be. I think there's a bigger following for these really cool classic JDM cars. More people had these wow. than Scirocco's. And, I mean, these that's are true. so ubiquitous That's true. They sold everywhere. more of them. Yeah. yeah they there's a lot of people that are pretty nostalgic for something like this. And anytime they go, 
and look for one, they're all piles of crap. This one, I haven't seen a clean one for sale in a long time, so I'm I'm pretty Never. Uh, I'm pretty strong on this thing. All, all right. right, all right. You're out on an island. I'll tell. Uh, yeah, well, I've had I'll a bad Richelle week, to, so uh, I got to make I'll tell Rochelle to start giving you your meds again. That's crazy. Mm, Twelve thousand mm, dollars mm. for an RX-7. What have you lost it's your gonna mind? Go it's gonna go higher. Okay. All right, JP. I know that you don't like this car as much as I do. The last year of the 986 Boxster, we're looking at a 2004. This was the special edition, so it's a Boxster S. But it's the 550 Spider Edition. Porsche marketed this car as 50 years of the 550 Spider, which is kind of ridiculous because they didn't make the 550 Spider for 50 years. It was 50 years ago. Hmm. Uh, they made the 550 Spider came out in 1953, so Porsche made 1,953 of these. Get it? Get it? Uh, this one is numbered, and it's number 703. It has 32,000 miles. But what it is I like about this car, JP, is I love the GT Silver paint job, but a lot of these cars came equipped in the interior like this is. Now, I've heard you say on the show before that you don't like this. Uh, they called it Cocoa Interior. Uh, mm, later versions no, no, of this no, interior said, were called Espresso. Well. Point of fact, I said I love that color interior. Oh, I remembered that you didn't like this. Mm -hmm. I love this interior. Okay. And yeah. for the interior alone, I would buy one of these cars. Plus, Esther is absolutely head over heels about getting a convertible. So what I see when I look at this is you've got that special perforated leather from the 40th anniversary steering wheel, but done in the cocoa leather. Um, I love the chocolate carpets to complement the cocoa interior. And most of the time, I don't like when the exterior color is painted on parts of the interior panel. But when you have a very industrial GT Silver on the center console and like the air vents surround and the handbrake and stuff, I actually think it complements the interior of this really really well and the, the the coup d'etat the icing on the cake or the topper on the cake is that these most of these came were ordered with sports seats and that will make this car your favorite car to drive for as long as you own it and the day you sell it and you have to get into a car that doesn't have sports seats in your garage you'll wonder why you ever let it go take that to the bank so yeah. These little cars um, are, bring a pretty good premium. We're talking about a 32,000-mile car that's already up over 21,000. It's got about two hours to go, offered out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, the IMS bearing was done, and the receipt is in the uh, notes of this car. Uh, and it was done with the LN IMS bearing. Uh, and they did a pretty massive service while they were in there. They, there's a list of receipts from the, uh, the independent repair facility that did it. They did a lot of work while they were underneath the car and had it all down. So it's, it's absolutely the colorway and, and the seats that make it for me on this car. Even though it only has like 266 horsepower, these things handle great. They stop great. The HVAC systems work and the IMS has been handled. Uh, this is going to be an incredible value in that $25,000 range. Uh, which um, Nathan was saying is kind of the floor for getting a decent Porsche these days. I think this would be an excellent starter Porsche for somebody or a Porsche that you could daily drive. Uh, I would love to add one to my garage to have a convertible and a car that if you and I were going to go out to L.A., you know, maybe just one day I wasn't in the mood to take Ruby. We could take this car and we'd have a comfortable car all the way out there. Like if it was inclement weather or something, what do you say, JP, are you with me on this or am I all by myself in championing this, uh, five fifty edition? I mean, I think if you're going to get a first gen boxer, this is certainly the one to do it. The MYO two wheels are, you know, just look wonderful on this car. Um, yeah, there's nothing really you can say that's bad about this car by the numbers. I mean, it, it, it's just you get behind the wheel. This is a this is a perfect sports car. Uh, it's going right. to handle great. It's got just enough power. Uh, you know, it looks cool. It's a first gen boxer. So you're always going to have kind of that stigma that goes with it, unfortunately, uh, for better or worse. Um, but but this is just a good, respectable uh, Porsche, and I'm with you. If if you don't, you know, this would be a great daily driver. Uh, if you oh, had a man. bunch of other Porsches, and I'm, yeah, I mean, driving Ruby, uh, your wide body M491 across the desert in the summer, it's not something you really want to do. You know, when it's 120 no. degrees out, because the AC just doesn't hold up. Whereas on something like this, is a it's a modern car. It drives like a modern oh, car. Man. And I'm Absolutely. with you on those seats. They're great, and I like the color. Uh, I do think that um, as this is the best first gen Boxer you can get. 
but I also think that you can get much better values. I think these are way overpriced. I think the extra really? premium. Yeah, I mean, I, you could get a regular Boxster S uh, with sports seats that's maybe a different color or something like that. Uh, for, for 20 grand. Yeah, for, for well under this. You know, I just don't yeah. see there being any reason to pay the premium. I don't think this car is really going to ever be a collector thing. There's no big horsepower bump. You can get this car in a different color. And frankly, I'd rather have yeah. a black one or, or uh, you know, I don't know a bunch of this cut the, the the gt gray is a great color uh but it's not the end of the world i mean a, a silver one or yeah. black one will be just fine um coilovers yeah yeah all right so where's it gonna land what, where are we sitting at well you know sometimes these cars creep up to thirty thousand dollars jp and this one with all that recent service which i think helps yeah um and the, the sports you, know, you got this car with the black interior but most of the people got that brown uh because that must have been like the uh the the launch car mm-hmm. um the fact that it's numbered um and the fact that it's only got thirty two thousand miles i'm gonna go thirty two thousand dollars and and say that i don't think i'm crazy on this one you'll see where is it sitting at now it's at 20 let me read it to jp it's at uh 21,250 with under two hours to go yeah, I'll go 29. I mean, I think it could break 30, but uh, I'm going to be a little bit more conservative on it. Uh, right. It's still first-gen boxer. Numbered and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't see the value in that, but that doesn't mean that someone but, else but, won't. I think uh, Porsche the, people do. Porsche yeah, people that's that what I, I agree, I'm agreeing with they you. They love yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's dumb, but yes, I agree with you. And that means, hell, this car might get... Uh, you know, thirty-five. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what <laughs> I think I, it's worth, and there you go. Yeah. Uh, that bumper. Needs I think to the receipt. Listen, I think this guy did it right. Before he went to sell it, he did the work, and I think that's gonna yeah. help. If he spent four grand at the shop, he might get six grand more for the car. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, all right, well, there it is, guys. It's that also, is. It's that? also the only. Car, it's also the car that is, is on P car market. And I think that's relevant because you've got a car coming to P car market, do you not? That is true. Uh, our GT wannabe GT three. Uh, let's yep. see here. The the car that we have here in our Ooh, in look at that GT three uh, ad. Uh, so this car is going to be available on. Uh, P car market here today sometime at some point there uh, the that ad is going to go live and that means it should be it'll probably wind up being the last car for sale uh, on, at the end of next week <laughs> and uh, next week's going to be a big week we've got a bunch of we've got at least two guests scheduled to come on we've got at the rise from Instagram and hyper trash <laughs> magazine uh, he's going to come and join us I think on Tuesday and then we've got uh, uh, we've got uh, Lane Skelton from rad for sale uh, and uh, drive that's awesome. awesome. Uh, he's going to come. <laughs> that is awesome. As a matter of fact, that's We're awesome. Bring him on, awesome that on Wednesday. On uh, maybe we'll get Bradley back next week uh, because I think that some of the first cars yeah. on Rad, Rad for Sale should be closing next week. So we'll see if we can schedule a live yeah. closing on the first JP, car to close there. As far as third nerds go, Bradley Brannell is like a punching bag. Get him back on the show because we we kicked his ass up and down the format. Man, that was awesome. Why are you beating up on our boy Bradley? Why you got to beat oh, up on Bradley? Man. He didn't win a single one of them, whereas Nathan Merce humiliated us. Ugh. Nathan whooped us. I, uh, yeah, Bradley. Bradley's a good fella. Lose, like Bradley. Lose Nathan's number, will you? Yeah, Nathan, what the hell? All right, well, we'll see how the rise and uh, how uh, a Yahtzee. A, uh, how a Lane do Yahtzee. next, next just, week. We'll oh, see if they really smoke. wipe the floors with us. Uh, all right, <laughs> yeah, well, that's will. been they a will. week of bid nerds, your daily nerd out on the most interesting cars of the day on Cars and Bids and Bring a Trailer, P-Car Market, Radford for sale and whatever other auction sites might pop up Hemings. over the course of the weekend. Hemmings got one. Yeah. Uh, I just saw Gooding is doing one. Uh, there's oh, a Mercedes specific so one. I mean, this is getting silly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. there it is. It gives us <laughs> lots to talk about. We can make oh videos for God. days. Um, so let everybody know that we're nerding out every day and join the party. Join the nerd fest that is Bid Nerds. Uh, share, subscribe, like, hit the notification button. Share some of our content so people know we're out here make sure you put comments on the you know below the videos let us know what you think of our bids see if you can do better you think you can do better let's see man uh, <laughs> at some point we're gonna start putting yeah. out there that hey if you yeah. beat the if you beat the nerds and outbid us yeah. maybe we'll give you some free swag maybe we'll make some t-shirts or hats or something yeah uh, and yeah. let us know what cars you want us to talk <laughs> about on future episodes please do because uh, we'd love to yeah. hear from you guys and let us know yeah. uh, Michael case, thank it, you for a great week in case huh? you yeah, in case you hadn't noticed, we keep picking the same cars. You know, it's like it's like Porsche, Porsche, off-road vehicle, Porsche. <laughs>
Overland, Safari, and Rally cars. Absolutely. That's us. No, yeah, it's all good. That's us. Most interesting cars of the day. All right, guys, we will uh, see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Get out there and drive. Buy a car on Bid Nerds on one of the uh, bid sites. <laughs> Buy it today and drive it tomorrow. We will see you guys next week. Convertibles are better than coupes. Bye. <laughs>